All right. So now four has become two. Manchester City as well as Watford. Well, they managed to down Brighton and Hove Albion as well as Wolverhampton Wanderers. A dramatic game that was, uh, respectively, to reach the final. The two sides will now contest the 138th edition of the final when they meet at Wembley on the 18th of May. All right, to take us through now some of the highlights of this year's tournament, uh, we joined by the legendary commentator who has covered a lot of FA Cup uh, matches in his career. Good evening, Martin Tyler. Welcome to Marawa Sports Worldwide. You found my number again, Robert. Well done. <laughs> I, 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 try, I try to keep it as close as possible to our last conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much, Martin. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure, as always. I said it's the 138th edition of the final have you calculated, I know that at times you're a very serious stats man, how many you've been able to cover as an individual commentator? The first one I went to was in 1972, and then I worked as a reporter for ITV in, in the UK from 1973 until 1990, which was the first one I commentated on. But in those um, years when I was with ITV, I had the real privilege of being what they call um, the reporter with the camera on the coach. And we had a special relationship with, with one or two of the finalists. And um, I would go to Wembley sitting on the team bus, feeling in my heart of hearts, wow, I wish I'd brought my boots. You know, it was, uh, it was a fantastic privilege. And I went with Southampton when they, they beat Manchester United famously when they were a Division Two side in, in 1976. So I went with Liverpool a couple of times. Um, and also, I was at the team hotel when Watford had their only previous uh, cup final in 1984. And here we go again, uh, 35 years later, with um, with a remarkable story for them to get to this year's FA Cup final. Well, an unbelievable story. You talk about 1972. I think I was still a bit of an idea back then, not quite <laughs> breathing the oxygen that we all enjoy so far. Uh, but, you know, in so many of the highlights that one could ever think of, Martin, and I'm sure there'll be plenty from your side. Uh, would you be able to isolate maybe one or two that stand out, especially from this year's tournament? Uh, I know a tournament that where Man City obviously is still stuck in right up until the end. A lot of the big guns fell away uh, earlier on. We saw the drama with Wolverhampton Wanderers in, in the semi-final game. Uh, everybody thought that that game was done and dusted, but it wasn't. For you, what, what were the highlights this year? Well, as a broadcaster, I think the semi-final was because it just wasn't going to happen. Wolves were going to win it. And uh, Watford somehow, with Gerard De La Feo coming on as a substitute and chipping a goal, which probably seemed to be a consolation goal, but they kept on going. And in the last attack before defeat, so it seemed, they won the penalty. And, and Troy Deeney, Mr. Watford, although he had a bad night on, on Monday night playing in the Premier League, he Ooh, won't be suspended for the cup final, incidentally. Yes, he got, obviously got a red cup being hammered in the penalty. So so there's a, there's a little bit of a, uh, an extra twist to this story because um, the club that I coach, at, um, I'm assistant manager at Woking, we got to the third round proper with the big boys for the Premier League and we drew Watford at home. So Watford's run started at Woking and is going to end at Wembley on May the 18th. And it was a bit of, um, I think, a once-in-a-lifetime experience for me to be in the dugout for a third-round FA Cup tie. I was about four yards away throughout the game from Javi Gracia, the Watford manager who's done so well. And um, it was a great day. We, we might have done a little bit better. We only lost 2-0. Um, 
but uh, there's been a bond forged between the two clubs and, and Watford went out at Wembley in the semi-final with a lot of good wishes from the, the Woking supporters and that's been acknowledged at their end as well. So um, if you can forgive me a, a bit of personal indulgence, that, that's obviously one of the highlights because I, I'm sure I've waited a long time to be, to be in that position and I never really thought it would happen, but it did. And amazingly, the team that we played and lost to are in the, in the FA Cup final. So they've gone from January to May, still in the competition. And I, I will commentate on the final and I will have to work really hard to be impartial, but I promise you I will be. <laughs> um, but I just have to remind myself as I go to Wembley that I'm going there as a commentator and not somebody who's been knocked out along the way by one of the finals. It was interesting because I actually followed that game uh, with the Woking and I saw you on the dugout and I was like, hey, I know this man. Um, obviously, you know, a different role that you had to play, but you've, you've always shared with us, even on this radio station, uh, just your love for football and what you do outside of commentary, the coaching that you still do. And, and this is a club really steeped in a lot of history, though, Martin, what founded back in 1889. Yes, and they've had some one or two moments. They knocked West Bromwich Albion out. Um, I've been a fan. I, I grew up about four or five miles from the ground, and it was the first football ground I was ever taken to. And if you think 1972 was a long time ago, I went to my first working match in 1953. Um, and uh, so for me to be actually helping on the coaching side this season has been uh, a remarkable um, story, really. I, I say I went as an eight-year-old, and I finally got on the team photo at the age of 72. So, um, you know, <laughs> it was a long journey, but it has ha- actually happened. And if you go onto the website, you can see that I'm not making this up. No, sure. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, it, 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 they, but, I say they knocked West Brom out in the 1991 and played Everton, only lost 1-0 to Everton. So it, it, it is a, it's, it's a lovely club. But there are a lot of very, very fine non-league clubs and lower division clubs who've made a big impact in Newport County, uh, did very well. Swansea almost knocked out Manchester City. Now they're a championship second tier side. Now many of your listeners might remember them in the Premier League. They had a good run in the Premier League. Uh, one or two decisions went against them. A bit of a con- um, controversy here because we've had VAR through the competition in the Premier League grounds, but not in the other grounds. So it's been a slight, you know, I wouldn't say miscalculation because these are just trials, but they are trials that affect the games. And um, uh, at Swansea was a Premier League ground, so had they not been relegated, that game against Manchester City would have had VAR, and one or two incidents that went against Swansea mm-hmm. would have been overturned. So um, it's been it's been eventful uh, with plenty of stories around the FA Cup, and uh, and obviously Manchester City uh, as we speak, uh, because we're speaking before their big game against Tottenham tonight in the Champions League, where they are a goal down. But if they can turn that round at the Etihad Stadium, obviously they quadruple. Let me let me um, just quickly step in. Sorry, Martin, we've got to take a quick spot break. I'll come back and carry on the conversation. Marawa Sports Worldwide. That's a fantastic name for what I'm sure will be a fantastic show. And it is definitely hosted by a really fantastic broadcaster. Good luck, Robert. Right, the voice there of Martin Tyler. He has been the longtime football broadcaster and commentator with Sky Sports. He's with me on the line here talking all things to do with the FA Cup, Manchester City, as well as Watford. Managed to do the deeds in the semi-final against Brighton and Hove Albion as well as Wolverhampton Wanderers, respectively. They've reached the final. The final is on the 18th of May. And when you look at the prospects, again, Martin, and somebody who's seen ambitious teams like Manchester City who want to win it all, uh, who want to be tonight, 
uh, added amongst the other two names within the UEFA Champions League. Uh, who won to go through and win the league. Yeah, they're in the dogfight with Liverpool. Uh, we've seen them obviously wanting to be part and parcel of the FA Cup final. They are in the final. They want the quadruple. What do you think in terms of Pep is important right now? The next game. And the next game is, what, two and a half hours away. Yeah. And they are a goal down. They, Funnily enough, they play uh, Tottenham again in the league on Saturday as well. So um, it's going to be a pivotal week because they, they've got no margin for error in winning the Premier League or retaining the Premier League title with Liverpool having such a wonderful season as well. So Pep will just be looking at tonight and then and as soon as that's over, whatever the outcome, he'll be look, looking at Saturday. It's the only way he works. Um, he's been underplaying it, as I, I think most people would in his situation. The quadruple has never been done. And, and he says, well, the reason is it's never been done is it's impossible. But they are now in a situation where it is certainly possible. And some would say probable. I, I wouldn't say that because um, the, all sorts of um, psychological issues come into play at this stage of the season where they have to. Um, it's not just about ability. It's about attitude and having the right state of mind, positive thinking. Manchester City are very good at that side of things. And there's no reason to suppose that they might. Um, that might have those problems, but I, you know, they they are um, they're there to be shot down in each competition, and and of course uh, in the cup final, um, Watford will be doing their utmost um, to to try and win the cup for the first time. They lost that final that we talked about before in 1984 to to Everton. And being a cup that obviously has steeped so much, Martin, as far as upsets are concerned, and uh, you know the David Goliath the type of war that everybody always talks about. Realistically, though, when when you look at it from whether it's a technical perspective, just a, a normal layman fan perspective, and you look at what Manchester City has in, the, in terms of the firepower, uh, you look at a player who is top goal scoring for Manchester City, who's not really been a striker, who today, because of how Pep Guardiola has been able to coach him, sees himself scoring goals week in and week out. A brace, I think it was, over the weekend as well. How How then can a Watford stop them? Yeah, she's talking about Raheem Sterling, who's having a wonderful season and is a candidate to be. We have two individual awards. The the players vote for one. That's their their trade union, the PFA, uh, the PFA Player of the Year. That gets announced uh, slightly earlier than the FWA. That's the Football Writers Association, and it seems to be um, a straight fight between Raheem and uh, Virgil Van Dijk of Liverpool, who, um, of course, obviously, it, it might be decided on who who actually wins the uh, the league. One, only one of those two teams can win it now. So um, they are, of course, the richest team, Manchester City. And it doesn't always sit well in this country that you know you buy your way to the top. But it isn't like that. You can have all the money in the world and mess it up. And we've seen countless examples of that in the, in the big leagues all over Europe and other parts of the world as well. So money doesn't equal success. It gives you a better chance of having success. And so what they've done and how they've built the model based a lot on Barcelona. And it was interesting. I don't know if you watched last night, Robert, the, the Barcelona-Manchester United game, but we were trying to make some comparisons really between the Barcelona of now and the Manchester City of Pep and, and, the, and the previous Barcelona that Pep put together. And, and probably Manchester City are more like the Barcelona of Pep than the Barcelona now under Valverde. Um, so uh, but he, he's, he's an, a remarkable manager. And, and what he does have, he has the most voracious appetite for success. He will not 
be personally easing off thinking, well, I've got a couple of trophies now. My job's done this season. He'll want to do what he has publicly been saying is impossible. But deep down, he'll know it is there for Manchester City if they can get it right. I think nine games they have to play. If they win the nine, they win their last nine games and they're on that sort of streak at the moment, apart from their defeat, which is, may not be terminal. Of course, we'll, we'll, we can have a different conversation about this in about five hours' time, to be honest with you, because Spurs will go to Manchester or be in Manchester now, determined to... Um, you know, to push their claims forward and stay in the Champions League and knock City out. Well, I mean, we're looking forward to so much more as well, Martin. I know that uh, you're sitting back today nice and relaxed, and uh, I love that. Not involved in the Champions League tonight? No, I worked last night, and uh, it was... um it was uh, deemed that we should share these games around, and quite rightly so. We've got a lot of uh, very fine younger commentators in our country, and uh, I'll introduce you to some of them because you don't want me wishing on your show all the time. You, <laughs> you need the, the, the new generation to come through. But um, so I will be I'll, I'll be watching because I, I'm doing the game on um, on Sunday, uh, Saturday rather, the Manchester City. Tottenham League game, so I've, I'm, I may not be working in terms of broadcasting, but I will be studying. I'll be doing my prep tonight in front of my television. Oh, beautiful. And hopefully during the off-season, we'll see you in Port Alfred. <laughs> well, she's definitely going. Whether I am um, rather depends on um, what my assignments are. <laughs> um, so, um, it's, uh, yes, uh, I don't know whether we've ever talked about it before, but yeah, my lady does come from near Port Alfred. And wishing you all of the best, uh, Martin. And obviously, as you know, whenever you're in South Africa, you know you've got another human being that you can always give a call and we'll, we'll meet up. Trust me, we don't get tired of hearing your voice. In fact, we are very honored every time you do give us a little bit of your time uh, to chat about football. So it was my pleasure, Robert. And I hope the rest of the show goes well. And, and of course, the rest of the season for all the listeners will be uh, following the uh, events in England, which are going to be very dramatic over the next four weeks. Looking forward to it, Martin. Thank you so much, and best of luck. That's Martin Tyler there, Sky Sports longtime football uh, broadcaster. Well, at least today he's having a bit of a chill day talking all things FA Cup.